Welcome to the Jesus Collective Podcast. We're a network that exists to provide relationships and resources to amplify a Jesus-centered movement, and we seek to embody a more hopeful vision of following Jesus in our cultural moment. Join us as we learn from those who are looking to live out a greater Jesus centricity in their areas of leadership and mission. If you're new to Jesus Collective, welcome. Check us out on social media or at JesusCollective.com for ways you can connect to this growing movement. Okay, let's get into today's podcast. It's such an honor to be here and join with this incredible vision. By way of introduction, I was 21 years old. I was sitting on a beach in Auckland thinking about the future of my life. I had been raised in church, had gone to church every week, listened to many an exegetical sermon, had read the Bible from cover to cover in the King James Version, I might add. I was given commentaries for my 16th birthday while everyone else was getting high heels. So I was a really good Christian girl, but I had never heard the voice of God speaking to myself. I'd heard a lot about it. I'd heard the stories in Scripture, and I knew that God could speak. And God said is a phrase that's used up to 3,000 times in the Old Testament alone. God is a talking God. I call it his feminine side. (laughs) But I'd never heard the spirit for myself. In fact, I met a a friend as a 21-year-old at university, and she talked about God as if God was her next-door neighbor. She seemed to hear from God a lot. She would say things like, the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, well, what did he say? And and she would tell me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And we'd meet a couple of weeks later, and she'd say, oh, God gave me a vision. Like, oh, what did, what did you see? And she would tell me, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. A few weeks would pass. We'd meet again. The Lord spoke to me this week. And what did he say? And why is he talking to you all the time? I haven't heard the voice of God. I want to hear God's voice for myself. So on that beach in Auckland, New Zealand, I prayed a prayer. I said, God, could you please speak to me? And if you do, can you make it really clear? (laughs) You know, none of that fuzzy-wuzzy mystical stuff. I want, can you just make it really clear? And if you make it clear, I will do whatever you say. Yeah. Well, the story goes that God did speak to me, and he did make it clear, and I did what God said, eventually. (laughs) Started out my working life as a school teacher, and at 26 years of age, God called me into ministry. I didn't know what that looked like at the time. I thought that ministry was reserved with people who had a certain appendage that I didn't possess. So I had to work that out a little bit as well. But then God called me... (laughs) I figured Greg swore on the couch, so hey, I'm feeling free. God, what kind of ministry do I have? I planted and pastored a church, and then I moved from my hometown in Melbourne to Sydney to a church, where to a college where I was the academic dean for a number of years. And then God said to me, I want you to take everything you've learned about hearing my voice and pass it on to other people. And so the Ministry of God Conversations was born. 
And that's what I've been doing for about 15 years, is traveling in different churches across denominationally, in different cultures of the world. And wherever I go, I hear the same questions that I had at the age of 21. Like, what does God sound like anyway? Does God speak in a big, booming voice or, or a soft, mystical whisper? Does God speak with an accent? Does he speak Australian? Or does he speak Canadian, right? Right? Eh? I can't, see, I can't even take you off. <laughs> what does God sound like? And, and then how do I know if it's God? How do I recognize it? And how do I respond to it? And when Matt asked me to come and set the stage for our final session, um, he asked me to talk about why and how we tune into the Spirit as Jesus-centered people. I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you, and then Keith's going to lead a little bit of time together, just pondering on what we've looked at for the last couple of days and what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us about. And as we go from here, how do we implement that in our lives and in our churches? But the first question, why... To, why do we tune in to the Spirit as Jesus-centered people? Another way of asking it, what does God sound like? How do I recognize God's voice? We know that God speaks. We know that God is a talking God. But wouldn't we love to be the disciples? How good would that have been? See, it would have been easy to hear God's voice as the disciples, wouldn't it? We could talk to Jesus as we're walking down the streets of Jerusalem. We could listen to him preach on the temple steps. We could ask him questions about the kingdom as we're having bread and olives in the dining halls. It would have been easy to hear the voice of God because Jesus was the word of God in the flesh. So you can only imagine how those disciples felt when Jesus said, I'm leaving. What? Jesus, you're leaving. You can't leave. You're about to give us the Great Commission. You're about to tell us to go into all the world and take this good news to every culture and nation. Jesus, um, we've never done that before. We haven't even seen a church. What is a church? How do we know what to do if you leave? And then you know the words of Jesus, don't you? It would be better if I leave. Why? Because my spirit is going to come upon you. And my spirit's going to do two things. We find Jesus' words in John 14 and John 16. My spirit's going to remind you of everything that I have spoken. All those truths about the kingdom of God, all those truths about the way of salvation, all those truths about what God is like, the truths recorded today for us as scripture. My spirit's going to remind you of all those things. But you're going to have many more questions. And I've got so much more to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. But don't worry, because my spirit is going to speak to you about things to come. My spirit's going to take this good news, the truths about my kingdom, and my spirit's going to apply it to your situation wherever you go. 
It will be better if I leave. And then, of course, you know that Jesus did leave. He, he died. He was resurrected. He ascended. And then the great promise of all the old covenant prophets comes to pass on that monumental day of Pentecost. And there were many great things that happened that day, weren't there? But notice what Peter identifies when he stands up amongst the crowd in Acts chapter 2. What does he say? This is to fulfill what the prophet Joel promised. That when my spirit comes, it will be poured out on sons and daughters, young and old. And what will they be able to do? Your young men will have visions. Your old men will have dreams. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Oh, what was he talking about? I used to sit in church growing up and I used to think about what that might mean and I realised that, see, there's old men in church and they would often be at the back row and because the preacher would go on for a very long time, they would sometimes fall asleep and they would dream dreams, <laughs> right? And because those young people, because they're so zealous and full of life, they're up the front row and they have vision for their life. They're drafting their 10-year plans as they're being inspired by the preacher. <laughs> Is that what it means? The main way that the old covenant prophets heard from God was in visions and dreams. It was a message from the Spirit in picture language. Very powerful way of communicating. Have you ever heard that phrase, a picture tells a thousand words? They would hear from God in dreams and visions, and then they would prophesy the message. They would speak out what they had heard. Because under the old covenant, it was only the prophets who had that special commission. So what was Peter saying? Not only can the prophets hear from God, not only the special ones, not only the chosen ones, no, sons, daughters, young, old, male and female, everyone can now hear from God in the same way as the old covenant prophets. Every person who chooses to follow Jesus can now receive the Holy Spirit and hear from God directly for themselves. We've been talking a lot about power this week. Well, this act is the greatest democratization of power that we see. Sons and daughters, young, old, everyone can now access God directly for themselves, receive revelation, have two-way relationship with God based on communication. And then we see in the life of the church in the book of Acts, this promise fulfilled. We see the Holy Spirit doing exactly what Jesus said, reminding people of who Jesus is, bringing the word of salvation. We see Paul hearing from God and being saved. We see people like Stephen receiving hope about his eternal future. We, hear, we see Philip hearing from God about who to evangelize. We see John receiving encouragement about how to cope with the pressure of living in the Greco-Roman world. The Spirit reminding people of what Jesus had said, but also applying those truths to the situation 
that they found themselves in. And the beauty of this promise, of course, is as Peter said, this promise wasn't just for all those assembled that day, but for all those to come, the generation after, and for the next generation and all those people right down to the 21st century Christian. You and I, we can all hear from the Spirit for ourselves. So why do we tune into the Spirit as Jesus-centered people? Because we are recipients of the new covenant and the Spirit has come because it's better than having Jesus here because we can commune with God directly. What does God sound like? God sounds like Jesus. How do I recognize his voice? Well, the Spirit came to continue his ministry and mission. So everything the Spirit says today will be in line with what Jesus did and said. See, it wasn't just his words, but it's everything he did. The way he lifted up the poor, the way he embraced the oppressed, the way he brought little children on his lap, and ultimately the way he stretched out his arms and he died for us. When we seek to hear God's voice today, it's a Jesus-shaped spirit speaking a spiritual voice into our hearts that is designed to continue his ministry and his mission in our lives. Well, how do we hear God's voice? One of the most commonly asked questions in the church, isn't it? Have you had people in your congregation ask you that question? How do I hear it? You know, I asked this question myself at 21, desperately wanting to know, well, how do I get this? What do I need to do? Do I need to take 10 hours out and sit on top of a mountaintop? What is it? What's the key to hearing God's voice? Is it a certain type of personality? Have you noticed that there are certain people in church life that seem to find this easy? Kind of like the mystical types, yeah? <laughs> I remember going into this ministry and asking God, why me? I'm not like that person. <laughs> I'm not mystical. I'm a thinker. I'm cerebral. I don't feel anything. My friend walks into the room. She says, can you feel the spirit of God? I'm like, where is that? Where is that? People pray for me and they fall over. I'm not the mystical type. God, God how, do I, how do I get this Holy Spirit happening? Is it based on the amount of knowledge that I have. Maybe I go to Bible college and I learn a lot about theology and I get a PhD degree. What is it? How do I hear your voice? Well, it's not that, is it? Because you know that the Pharisees studied the scriptures and Jesus said of them that they had never heard God's voice. What do I need to do? Do I have to learn a special skill? Do I have to go to a special seminar? I want to share one key thought and this relates to what we want to do now is we center on what the Spirit is saying to us. A quick story about a man called Brian. <laughs> He's a guy, middle-aged guy, from a coastal town in New Zealand. He's a surfer, has blonde hair, <laughs> got the look. And one morning he got up to go about his everyday duties and the Holy Spirit said to him, Brian, make the bed. Huh? <sighs> What? Make the bed? No, no, Lisa makes the bed. 
can't be God. Make the bed. No, 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 no. Lisa, my wife, she makes the bed. She does a really good job of it too. Because, you know, like there's a lot of pillows and, you know, they all have to be positioned in the right way and there's the rug. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. No, God, no, no, no. Um, Lisa makes the bed. Brian, I want you to make the bed. Brian goes to his wife and says, Honey, I think God's telling me to make the bed. Can you please show me how to do it? Sure. So she tells him how to position the cushions, how to angle the throw, how to straighten the quilt. And Brian starts to make the bed. His first attempt is woeful. (laughs) Second attempt gets a little bit better. And by the end of the month, his bed-making skills are right up there. Brian continues to make the bed. Over the successive months, it becomes his job. And about 12 months later, 12 months of making the bed, the Holy Spirit speaks to him again. He says, Brian, I want you to lead your church. A position opens up in his church, and he begins to be the senior pastor of his church. And over the course of that time, miracles start to happen. Some of the leading gang members in the town find their way to Jesus. Lives begin to be transformed. The fruit of God's spirit working in and through Brian's life. But I know when I heard that story and I, I just how beautiful, God, to see you do that. I asked myself this question. Would God have asked Brian to lead the church if Brian hadn't made the bed? You see, the spirit speaks as Jesus' continuing voice. And when the spirit speaks, he's calling us to follow Jesus. So Jesus defined discipleship when he said, my people recognize my voice and they follow. The way to hear God's voice is to make a decision to follow. This is what grows us as Christians. It's what Jesus calls us into. It's not always easy. Most people don't like it when I tell the story about making the bed, especially if they're men. (laughs) It's not always easy. Why? Because Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow. And that looks like our sin and our selfishness being defeated on our own cross. But on the other side of that cross is resurrection life. On the other side of that cross is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The other side of the cross is blessing, not just for us, but flowing through our leadership, flowing through our community and overflowing into our cities and towns. It all begins with obedience. So as we come and we center on these last two days and we contemplate, God, what have you been saying to me? Holy Spirit, What have you been saying? It might feel like a conviction. It might feel like an aha moment. There might not have been lightning bolts, but there's been a stirring in your heart. You may have even wept, been filled with joy. The Spirit speaking to us is the continuing voice of Jesus. And now we have a decision to make. Will we follow? I'm going to hand over to 
to Keith in just a moment and he's going to lead us into just a time of reflection, listening. But I want us to contemplate what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and what it means to follow. Revelation precedes information. We may have got lots of great ideas and lots of thoughts and heard wonderful ideas about this this Jesus-centered kingdom, but now it's on us. Will we follow? And as we do, we're going to see the blessing of God seeping out of our lives and flowing into others. We're going to see the ministry and mission of Jesus coming from heaven to earth into our lives. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out JesusCollective.com where you can find more resources and upcoming events, learn about getting involved through partnership, and donate so we can keep offering content like this and engage more people and churches around the world. We'd also love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out to us with your ideas and feedback. You can drop us a message on social media or email us at connect at JesusCollective.com. Until next time.